the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. Those immigration raids that were set to take place have been delayed. The president announcing a two-week delay to allow negotiations on Capitol Hill to find a solution to what he calls the loophole and asylum problems at the southern border. If not, he says, deportations start. The pre-dawn raids announced earlier in the week were scheduled in cities with large migrant populations, and they would have targeted families who've already received deportation orders. That is correspondent Wally Hines. Hundreds of motorcyclists gathering for a blessing of the bikes ceremony in northern New Hampshire in the wake of a deadly crash that killed seven people. While such ceremonies are periodically held, this Sunday have been held special meeting for the motorcycle community. Bikers and veterans reeling from the crash which a pickup truck tow, uh, towing a flatbed trailer collided with a group of 10 motorcycles Friday evening. This is SRN News. These are the official rules for all contests on Salem Media Group and Common Ground Broadcasting Radio Stations in the Twin Cities. Collectively, Salem TC. From time to time, Salem TC will conduct contests. No purchase necessary to enter or win. If for any reason a prize is not available, a substitute prize may be offered. Winners will be limited to one prize every 30 days. Winners of a major prize will be limited to one every 365 days. A major prize is any prize with a value of more than $1,000. Participants and winners must be U.S. residents, and winner is responsible for any and all taxes. For a list of full contest rules, see this station's website for details. Just past 2 o'clock on this Sunday, June 23rd. The showers will remain likely throughout the day here in the Twin Cities, folks. Do have a high of 76 degrees and a low of 63 degrees today. And if you haven't noticed already, we've done a couple tweaks with am1280thepatriot.com. You know, we just did a couple things here, a couple things there, but now we're happy to debut the newly remodeled website. It's got all the same great features you love, but with a cleaner look. So check out the new am1280thepatriot.com today. Hour 2 of the Brad Carlson Show gets started next here on The Patriot. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. And Club Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast. We'd like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thank you as always for tuning into the show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also reach out via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And if you'd like to uh, check us out on Facebook, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and give us a like if you haven't done so already. And uh, as always, we appreciate you uh, tuning in. I uh, appreciate uh, Greg Scott's time, as always. It's, it works out well. Greg uh, lives nearby, so uh, he's always available on a moment's notice, and he's always kind enough to reach out when he has something to say. And uh, i tell you, with the depth of knowledge he has, uh, anytime I have an opening, I, I want to hear about it, because uh, sometimes uh, hearing that kind of stuff's not comfortable, but it's a reality in, in today's technology-based society. I don't think there's any doubt about it. So uh, we want to move on to some other news items, particularly national news items. Uh, one thing that I've been railing on on this show is those who seek to who when young people have big moments in this uh, in this society, you know, particularly uh, professional athletes, you know, they uh, like I've re- I've talked about it before. Josh Allen is quarterback Buffalo Bills was a top ten pick in the twenty eighteen draft. Uh, Josh Hader a 24-year-old pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, all-star last year, first all-star game. 
Uh, Kyler Murray, number one overall draft pick in the NFL with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Each instance, when each of these young men were in the midst of their biggest moment, whether it was Josh Allen the night of the NFL draft, or Kyler Murray the night he was drafted, or Josh Hader when he was pitching in his first All-Star game, each time some people unearthed tweets these young men put out when they were teenagers. And what is the purpose of it? Is it? Are you trying to undermine their success? Are you trying to show that these are despicable human beings? Yeah, I look. I mean, I understand that people need to be accountable for the things that they say on the internet, no matter what time in their life they were putting those things on the internet. But um, considering we've looked at the kind of some of the fallout from some of this kind of stuff, I don't think these guys' images have been. T- at, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just uh, disgraced or anything like that. Yeah. I'm sure it was a hot news item for about 24 to 48 hours. But I guarantee you, if you ask common folks on the street, you know, casual sports fan who Josh Hader is, they one won't be able to tell you who he is, or and two, they won't even tell you why people should know who he is. Not because he's an all-star pitcher, but because of other stuff that's off the field. But honestly, some of this stuff just—I mean, yes—be held accountable. Don't be dumb on Twitter. Don't post a lot of just right. dumb things. And I understand you were a kid at one time, but you know what? As an adult, maybe. Go back and check uh, your old tweets and stuff like that. Make sure you don't have anything controversial on there. You know what Facebook does? Facebook has a little feature that has, like, memories, so you can go back and look at some of your past posts. And I will I have admittedly deleted stuff <laughs> that I didn't find too favorable. In fact, my very first Twitter account, I deleted after I went to a sports reporting conference in Nashville, learned a lot about social media, and realized I had too many F-bombs on my old Twitter account to really uh, keep that going. So uh, just... Be careful on social media, folks. Don't say dumb things. But yeah, no, it's an excellent point, and I think that that kind of underscores the situation. Is well, you know, I'm 50, and when I was a teenager, obviously the technology wasn't <laughs> nearly right. what it is right yeah, now. No kidding. But that's the point. It's like so. What I did as 16 definitely has not defined me at age 50. I can no. guarantee you that because I remember specifically some of the things I said and done as a 16-year-old, yeah. and I often say, if I can go back and kick my 16-year-old self's rear end, I would. Yeah, uh, me too. You know, <laughs> uh, even if it meant getting thrown in jail for assault, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the thing. And, and I bring all this up uh, because undoubtedly you've probably heard a young man, uh, Kyle Kashuv. He was uh, a student student at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, that suffered that awful mass shooting where 17 people were killed back in February of 2018. And a lot of the young people that were getting the media headlines were the gun-grabbing students, particularly uh, David Hogg, Emma Gonzalez, uh, Cameron Caskey, although kudos to Cameron Caskey. I'm not going to say he's now a pro-gun guy, but he definitely realized some of the rhetoric they were spewing at like the town hall where he said, looking at Marco Rubio reminded him of a murderer because Marco Rubio took campaign contributions to the National Rifle Association. Okay, Cameron Caskey, to his credit, said, ah, you know what? I don't know that that's the best way to win hearts and minds. We're going to back off this organization. So kudos to him. But my point is Kyle Kashuv was actually a pro-gun activist, and people just couldn't understand that. Wait a minute. Seven so, multiple of your fellow students were killed. Not all 17 were students. I know there were some adults there, but multiple students were killed. Your fellow students, you watched this happen. Some people you probably talked to, now they're not here because of guns, and you're saying you're a pro-gun guy? And Kyle Kashuv always offered a very nuanced reason why he was pro-gun. Well, uh, apparently there was a, a Google Doc that was unearthed from about a couple of years ago where he and some friends were saying just some shocking, offensive things, including Kyle Kashuv using the N-word. Now, I'm just going to say right up front, there is no reason to use the N-word in any context. I don't care. I don't care if you're singing song lyrics to some hip-hop songs that have that word. I don't care. Okay, that's that's a standard I have. You may have a different standard. That's fine. I, I don't I don't accept it. I don't buy it. So you don't say it in any context. Let me just get that out right up front. So is Kyle Kashuv, what he has gone through and what he's doing right now in his activism, is what he did at age 16 at all reflective of the person he is now? Because he's become a very high-profile figure. So is there any indication that what he did and said as a 16-year-old is what he is now? Uh, Guy Benson wrote a terrific piece on this, and he uh, he's actually befriended uh, Kyle Kashuv and has gotten to know him a little bit. 
and he covered this story, and I'll read some excerpts from it. This is from last week's uh, Guy Benson Town Hall piece. Uh, In the immediate aftermath of the heinous school shooting in Parkland, Florida, I interviewed Kyle Kashuv, a student at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Unlike a number of his high-profile classmates who gained national prominence by loudly and passionately advocating stricter gun control measures, Kashuv leaned to the right and defended the Second Amendment. He opposed some of his peers' advocacy and pursued other legislative avenues geared at preventing future massacres. I've stayed in touch with Kyle in the intervening year-plus, watching as his role in our national gun policy debate has played out. By his own admission, Kyle has made both positive contributions and his fair share of mistakes over the course of his activism and was preparing to start a new chapter of his life as a Harvard undergraduate. Several weeks ago, he informed me that he comments he'd made in a private setting years earlier were being dredged up and circulated on social media. Among them were jokes about engaging in a school shooting and worse, uses of the N-word. Now, again, this was before the Parkland shooting. The Stoneman Douglas High School shooting, I should say. So don't you think when that actually happened, he probably thought back to some of those awful things he had said and was that was like a wake-up call? It's like, whoa, that's not even something you should joke about. I mean, you can make jokes about it because it seems so far away. All that happens at schools like Columbine or wherever else, but that doesn't happen here. But then it did. Don't you think that might have shaken that young man to the core and kind of gave him a rude awakening to the real world that you just never know what can happen because evil is out there? Just a thought. Uh, All of the offending remarks were made while Kashuv was in his mid-teens prior to the life-altering horror he and his schoolmates endured. He told me he was convinced the purpose of resurfing his words at that particular moment was to foment a controversy that would result in Harvard reversing its acceptance decision. I asked Kyle why he said what he said, noting that there is no acceptable context for him to have used the word that he did. He explained that he and his friends at the time regularly engaged in a thoughtless and immature battle of shock value one-upsmanship, which sounds about right for a group of teenage boys. Still, there was nothing right about deploying that slur. Kyle told me he now understands this and that he was ashamed of his decision to toss around an ugly and hurtful word, treating it like a game. My advice to Kyle was to tell the truth. Don't lie. Don't spin, don't deflect, and apologize with humility and contrition. And that's what he did. Harvard became aware of the situation and opened an inquiry into it. Kyle cooperated fully, satisfying their various requests. Then came the verdict that he was no that Harvard rescinded uh, Kashuv's acceptance to be enrolled in the school. So, you know, Harvard being the institution it is, they have rigorous standards to be a student at the school, and they can apply them however they see fit. But my thing is, what do, what purpose does this, is this justice in your mind? Is this justice? The fact that he said these things as a 16-year-old, does taking away an opportunity of a lifetime to be enrolled at Harvard University, is this justice? I, I don't know. I Look, no one deserves grace or forgiveness it's just something that we as human beings if we want to convey we do now me being me being a christian i don't look at as as optional i forgive those who have who have done wrong against me it's not my human tendency to do that but it's my faith that allows me to do that right and i'm kind of right there with you too um forgive and forget but you know don't forget that kind of stuff um this is i'm just trying to think about this because i don't think you know, this kid going to Harvard is going to make or break himself. I mean, sure, Harvard is a wonderful opportunity. You could probably get whatever job you want if you graduate from Harvard. I get it. But I like to think that this is a smart individual. And, you know, no matter which college he goes to, he will be able to have a wonderful education and have a wonderful career out of that. But at the same time, I mean, you know, this is the risks that we have when we post things on the internet like this. Like, this is just a symptom of it, and you have to constantly be aware of the stuff you're putting out there. And I'm sorry, even at 16 years old, you got to be held accountable for that kind of stuff. So if Harvard decided, you know what, we've seen this kind of stuff, we realize this might be a little bit of bad PR stunt for for Harvard, so we're not going to accept you, then that, like, as you said, that is exactly Harvard's decision to go with. Um, at the same time, I mean, I, I just said a minute, I think these kind of stuff gets a little bit overblown. And again, I think it's kind of hypocritical that people get mad about it, then forget about it 48 hours after it happened. 
I think the kid will be fine. I think if he doesn't go to Harvard, it's not the end of the world. But also, right. it's a lesson, son. you got to just be aware of everything. I don't care if it's just you and a couple buddies posting on a Google Doc. Don't do it because the risk of that leaking potentially and the risk of hurting you down the line, even if you can't see it, is very much alive. Yeah, I, I, I think, look, if if we live in a, in a in a society where there is no opportunity at redemption, and we've seen plenty of redemptive stories, we absolutely have. There's been people who have done worse that have, for lack of a better phrase, changed their ways or changed their worldview and have become productive members of society. And But this is another lesson, I think, overall, never capitulate, never capitulate to the mob. Just come right out, and even if you come right out and, and do the mea culpa, this is what's on your heart, this is what's on your mind— this this is proof positive that the mob is still going to to throw you under the bus, okay? You could they could demand an a, an apology for for some things, and the millisecond you do that, they got you. All right. Now I'm not saying Kashuv should have should not have apologized. He absolutely did the right thing. He took the initiative to say, "Look, I need to make this right. I was an idiot kid. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. Angry at myself. I want to make amends." What, what do I need to do? Well, apparently, um, not enough. And so, yeah, again, Harvard has the, the right to you know, rescind that, his admission. But, again, if we live in a, in a society where there's no opportunity at redemption, if you think Kyle Kashuv is still an abhorrent human being, how is just discarding him going to help? And now, again, to Jason's point, not getting into Harvard. Okay, first world problems. I get that. Classic. Oh, no, Yale. Oh, no. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but I'm just saying that if there's just kind of a general sentiment that he is to be ostracized from a decent society. Okay, not getting into Harvard, yeah, that's probably the least of his worries. Okay? But I think he realizes, okay, if this is the kind of society I'm going to live in, I'm going to have to prove myself that I... I have to earn grace. Now, grace as given by God, we can never earn that, let's be honest. But I'm talking about in a society where we can be forgiven and be redeemed and show that we can be productive citizens in this society, there's absolutely still a chance at. So I'll be rooting for Kyle to certainly uh, uh, prove the doubters. And someone may well step forward and give him an opportunity to do that, and he will be given the opportunity to prove himself, and I think he will. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also send comments or questions to Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Didn't get to sleep that night till the morning came around. Sit out run, but I take my time. A friend of the devil is a friend of mine. I get home before Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks. Sandvold Financial Group would like to help provide the sturdy foundation for your financial future. We want you to plan for tomorrow today. Give us a call to attend an upcoming seminar at 952-544-2837. That's 952-544-2837. Or go to helpmeterry.com to set up a no-cost financial review today. Securities offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Sandvold Financial Group is in Minnetonka, 952-544-2837. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away. So I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection. Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 1-800-458-3263. 1-800-458-3263. Blue Ox Heating and Air. 
Right now, Blue Ox Heating and Air is offering a legendary $49 air conditioner tune-up. For $49, a fully trained and certified Blue Ox technician will come to your home and make sure your system is running smooth and efficiently. If your AC unit needs repair, the tune-up fee counts towards the cost. And don't forget to ask about the Blue Ox No Breakdown Guarantee. Log on to GoBlueOx.com for details. Blue Ox Heating and Air. Legendary service. Install and repair. We'll fix anything with legendary care. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts BAG11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting BAG11 to 88988. That's B-A-G-1-1 to 88988. Welcome back, Cam Twelve Eighty, the Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also use hashtag Narn Show, hashtag N A R N Show for any comments or questions. Uh, if you're using Twitter, by the way, and as always, we appreciate you tuning into the broadcast. Um, you know, I I didn't. I've seen a lot of issues that were cropping up over the years that I thought were kind of dead issues, but then kind of seemed to resurface like zombies. And this one regarding uh, flag burning is one that has come up in particular because the president uh, tweeted about it. And uh, Candace Owens, who uh, people hold in high regard as a uh, as a pundit, has uh, tweeted about it. Well, I'll read uh, Candace Owens' tweet that she put out this past week. Uh, if I were president, the punishment for burning the U.S. flag would be the renunciation of citizenship. No jail time, no fine, simply one year to liquidate your assets and get the hell out of our country. In exchange, we'd extend citizenship to a hardworking legal immigrant. Uh, I, sorry, I, I can't, I can't tell you how much, first and foremost, I disagree with that. Look, th- this just kind of seems to strike at the heart of speech that somebody like Candace Owen Candace Owens abhors. You know, and the very fabric of the First Amendment is obviously being able to express yourself and speak out in a way where you don't have to fear retribution from the government. Now the American flag, obviously it's a symbol of our republic. And I will concur that millions of people had laid down their lives for freedom and liberty in this country and that flag represents that freedom and liberty, but it also represents what they died for, and that is to express dissent about your country, particularly those in power. Okay, so you don't have any fear of retribution from the government. That's the very fabric of the First Amendment. So this idea that we're going down this road again, I, well, number one, ultimately it'll be a, uh, it'll be a dead issue. Because the Supreme Court has been very consistent in how they've ruled in free speech cases. I mean, you need to look no further. I think it was, I don't remember how long ago it was now, but uh, Westboro Baptist Church. Remember those people? These were people who went and protested outside of military funerals and basically condemned the, the dead soldier to hell because the soldier was defending a country that was allowing abhorrent things to take place in the mind of Westboro Baptist Church. Right? Vile people. And I dare say, I don't know that I would have had the patience that some of these family members have had to not want to physically accost them. But guess what? They had the right to say all that, regardless of how vile it is. And yeah, it was vile. It was was disgusting. But you have to also look at what conservatives have been kind of taken aback by. Like, there has been some members of Congress who have implied that denying climate change exists should be tantamount to treason. Okay, now I get it. It's the far-left kooks in Congress that probably are advocating for that. But still, the idea that elected officials are even talking about this kind of thing 
It's crazy. And there have been prominent scientists, I'm not going to say they're denying climate change, but they're saying, okay, it exists, but here's what needs to be done about it. Here's, we're already making strides in this idea that we're going to have this great impact by implementing these policies and spending untold trillions of dollars to try to alleviate it. It isn't going to work. Okay? And again, in the minds of some, that should be, that should be speech that's not allowed. Okay? So... If and, and conservatives, rightly so, were taken aback by that. Well, guess what? It works both ways. You've got to be willing to tolerate speech that you don't agree with, that you find abhorrent. And again, Westboro Baptist Church, at the top of that, near the top of everybody's list. Some of the awful things they say about the people who laid down their lives for our country. Okay, they do have a right, but they have a right to say it. Right? It's the same. So I, I'm just. I'm just not getting where where this uh, movement is coming from. I guess Senator Steve Daines of Montana, um, this is actually from a National Review piece from Kat Timpf, wrote that the uh, flag is a timeless symbol of liberty, the story of our enduring pursuit of freedom, which is all true. But again, part of that pursuing freedom, pursuit of freedom, entails being able to express yourself in that manner. Doesn't it? Am I wrong? So I'll read again. This is uh, from Cat Tim's piece. Let me be clear. I it's not that I'm not a patriot because I want to keep flag burning legal. It's that I want to keep flag burning legal because I am a patriot. Is burning the an American flag a disgusting, reprehensible act? Yes, it absolutely is. And I would tell that to the face of absolutely anyone who has done so. The flag is a symbol of our freedom, and burning it is burning it absolutely is one of the least patriotic things that a person could possibly do. I say one of the least because I can think of a few things that would actually be less so. And as a matter of fact, I think that banning flag burning would absolutely be on that list. You know, I remember vaguely when I was in college, it was this was been the late 1980s, there was a uh, um, American history professor. I didn't take his class, but this was actually reported in a school newspaper. He was demonstrating this very principle. He had just a little handheld flag, and he said, look, I, and he, and he was basically talking about these very things. There's going to be some speech that makes you uncomfortable. There's going to be things that other people say that you don't like. But that doesn't mean that we should make legislation to make it illegal. And he actually, right in the classroom, took a handheld flag and, and burned it right there in the classroom. And there were protests outside the... Uh, outside the building where his, where his uh, office was. And there was a write-up in the newspaper about it. There were other professors interviewed about it. Now, unfortunately, I wasn't nearly as engaged in that kind of stuff as I am now, so I, I don't remember how exactly it shook out or how people t- reacted to it or if a majority were opposed to it. Uh, obviously, it was a very hot-button issue, and a lot of people from what I recall, had the same kind of sentiment. Yeah, it's a disgusting act, but, um, you know, it's, it's all part of the fabric of our, of our society, of, of, a, of a free society. And here's one thing that surprised me, is I thought that we were more free speech warriors in this country. Uh, and I was kind of shaken to my core when there was a Cato uh, report that shows 58% of Americans favor a law banning flag burning. And I'll read an excerpt from this. Again, this is from a uh, Cato story. Although the Supreme Court has ruled that flag burning is protected speech under the First Amendment, a majority, specifically 58% of Americans, still favor a law banning it while 42% oppose. Majorities of Republicans, 72%, and independents, 60%, are also favor make it illegal to burn or desecrate the flag. That uh, I don't know. I should I be surprised by this? Because I'm utterly shocked by this. Aren't we supposed to be uh, ideology of, of free speech, free expression? Uh, Democrats stand out with a slim majority, 53 percent, who oppose a flag burning ban. Hispanic Americans are most in favor, 63 percent of a ban on flag burning, followed by white Americans, 58 percent. African Americans are divided, with 50 percent in favor and 49 percent opposed. Uh, women are also more likely to 
than men to support such a ban, 65% versus 50%. Wow. Um, this, I mean, this, this part should be no surprise. Libertarians, uh, 56% of libertarians oppose it, and 62% of liberals uh, oppose it, uh, opposition to flag-burning ban. In the end, I don't think this is going to make a whole lot of difference because if, if they somehow get legislation through and it would be signed into law— Eventually, someone's going to take it through the court system. And the Supreme Court, again, has been very consistent no matter how the justices have tilted in their particular ideology of protecting speech. So, um, I don't know. Someone once said resistance is futile, I guess. So, we'll just kind of keep an eye on it. But I don't know how the subject got cropped up again. But here we are. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also uh, reach out via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag NARN Show. Brad Carlson coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Is your water softener slacking off? Are you lugging more bags of salt, yet your water just doesn't feel soft? Call Benjamin Franklin Plumbing now for a water softener efficiency checkup. For just $33, Benjamin Franklin will give you peace of mind to make sure it's performing correctly. If it's beyond repair, you'll save $200 on Benjamin Franklin's installation of a new water softener. Call Benjamin Franklin Plumbing today. Ben Franklin, the punctual plumber and your water softener experts. Maybe you'd like to know what exactly Relief Factor is. It was created by doctors. It's a 100% drug-free supplement with four key ingredients that simply help your own body deal with the natural inflammatory response that it has. It's easy to swallow, four little capsules in each packet, like the packet that I carry with me at all times. Three packets a day for a week, then two packets a day for two weeks, and I have just described the three-week quick start. And you will know in three weeks, that's the beauty of it. Whether it works, they don't drag you on. That costs just $19.95. There's a very good chance that a very serious percentage of my listeners suffer from some sort of muscular or joint pain. You should try this for $19.95. That's all you can lose. If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments. And it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. Relieffactor.com. It's time for the Narn Report. As the 2019 Minnesota legislative session drew to a close, Governor Tim Walz and legislative leaders reached an agreement on a biennium budget, staving off a potential shutdown. Said budget included a middle-class tax cut but no gas tax nor any gun control provisions. Definitely wins for the Republicans. So what did the GOP have to concede? Well, the medical provider tax, a.k.a. the sick tax, would remain, but at a lower rate of 1.8%, something which GOP members warn is an open door to single payer. While on the DFL side, House leaders maintain that gun control will once again be on the front burner in next year's session. All 201 seats in the Minnesota legislature will be up for election in 2020. With that in mind, it appears both sides have firmly set their campaign narratives. I'm Brad Carlson. Join the conversation Saturday and Sunday afternoons from 1 to 3 here on AM 1280, The Patriot. What would you do if you knew the skills that could help you make the right moves inside the financial markets? Skills designed to help you generate income and build confidence towards your retirement. For more than 20 years, Online Trading Academy has taught thousands just like you how to make better investing decisions. Call us today by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone. Use the keyword OTA. Again, pound 250, keyword OTA, or go to learnwithota.com. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Me, Brad Carlson, here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. And uh, kind of in a fine, long-standing tradition, and by long-standing, I mean about, eh, five years, uh, we are we welcome in the newly crowned Miss Minnesota. She's none other than Miss Minnesota 2019, uh, Catherine Kippers, crowned uh, 18, 17 hours ago. Thereabouts. Yeah, and uh, here to talk about, uh, well, it's her first day, so she's got about... Uh, 
Well, actually, next year's leap year, so you got about 365 days. It's this is full. phenomenal. Yeah. I didn't even realize this. So, well, Catherine, first of all, welcome back to the broadcast. Thank you. Or I should so say, much. welcome for the first time. Welcome back. I don't yes, think you've ever been here. This is such an honor. This is, as you said, a somewhat longstanding tradition. We'll make it a longstanding tradition, right, year after year. I, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. And uh, like I said, Catherine was uh, crowned. And this is kind of fun for me because Catherine is someone I've gotten to know over the past few years because, uh, well, I've gotten to know your mother, of course. Uh, her still doing a lot of work with the Miss Minnesota organization. And I love trivia. I love fun facts. And uh, now, are you the first mother-daughter duo to be Miss we Minnesota? Are. My okay. mom was Miss Minnesota in 1983, and I'm the first daughter of a Miss Minnesota to have started competing. I was the first one, and I'm okay. the first daughter of a Miss Minnesota to then become crowned Miss Minnesota. So, and we're the 11th mother-daughter pair to have gone to Miss America nationally. I love it. I, lo- I love stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, the natural question you get, because your mom was a title holder, uh, did you basically uh, uh, come out of the womb wanting to, <laughs> to run in pageants? I mean, did, obviously... I don't know if she encouraged you, but it's a part of her history, so it had to come up at some point, Catherine. You know what's funny is I remember the moment I knew I wanted to compete because I always thought about it. It was more so just the dresses and the fun. Um, And then I started to really enjoy the service aspect and really getting to know the women and their education and what they wanted to do when I was pretty young. And I remember I watched uh, Bailey Wackles was crowned Miss Minnesota's Outstanding Teen. And I turned to my mom, and I was like 13 with braces and just awkward, like little girl. (laughs) And I was like, Mom, I'm going to do that next year. And she was horrified. Really? She was like... No, not yet. So just didn't, and I had to convince her. I had to tell her I was worthy of doing this, that I would put the work into it, um, and that I could handle myself if I were to do this. And so she, I had to sort of convince her uh, mm-hmm. to do it, which most people find sort of shocking. They would expect that she like shoved me into it, but no, she wanted to make sure if I was going to do it, it was going to be on my terms, but that I was going to be ready to commit. That's fair. That's fair. Now I remember your mindset last year. You know, you finished first runner-up, of course, yes. to Miss Minnesota, so yeah. very close to winning. And I remember talking to you a little bit in the immediate aftermath. You kind of you kind of hindered around, eh, if I make a shot, if I make a run in again, might be a few years, whatnot. So what changed your mindset, Catherine? You know, that first, last year, I was shocked to be first runner-up. I was so honored, and I was really happy because I'd worked really hard that first year. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do a good job. And first runner-up was just, it was a dream come true, honestly. Some people thought that I'd be bummed I didn't win, but I was so happy with it. And I kind of initially wanted to let it sit. But what really changed my mind is I had the opportunity to go to the National Sweetheart Pageant, which if you don't know what that is, it's the sort of the loser's pageant, we'll, we'll sometimes call it. Ouch. It's the, everyone who competes in a that state competition. That sounds kind of harsh. I know, I know. No, it's sort of the first. <laughs> runner-up pageant, right. I guess is a nicer way to say that. Uh, first runner-ups from state competitions in the Miss America system have the opportunity to go compete at sort of a, a mock Miss America, we'll call it. We compete in all the same phases of competition in a small town, uh, Hoopston, Illinois, and um, it's the, called the National Sweetheart Pageant. So I had the chance to be Minnesota Sweetheart and represent us there uh, with permission of the state board, of course, to make sure it'd be allowed. And it was such a wonderful experience getting to go there and meet other women. And really that experience changed my mind because I learned so much um, about what I could really do with this program and had this sort of national experience competing right. uh, that I realized I really did want to give it a go again. And it took about three weeks to realize that I was going to do it, okay. do it again. No, I, I don't want to say, you know, when we, we talked in the immediate aftermath last year after you finished Worst Runner Up, I, I don't want to say I didn't take your comments seriously, but I always, my mindset is, it's best not to make a decision like that in the height of your emotions because it's still a very yeah. emotional time, <laughs> you know. Certainly. Yeah, so it's just like, but at the same time, it's like, you know, Catherine, that's what you want to do. You're still very young yet, so, uh, you know, it'll work out in time, and then you came right back, and, uh, uh, and also, it's a little different now because last nice. year at, at the state pageant, they were still operating under the old system. Now, this was the first year the state pageant operated under the Miss America 2.0. For those who may not know what the differences entail, why don't you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So one thing that happened last year that was so phenomenal was that Miss America started to change. And coming up on 100 years of being around, it's wonderful to see that they are making changes. So the first thing they did was eliminate the swimsuit portion of the competition, right. which mm-hmm. was crazy because that's how Miss America started. Mm-hmm. But back in 1921, it was pretty bold for a woman to put on a swimsuit and walk around. And today, it's just a little bit more subjective. And so they eliminated that. And so we knew going into Miss Minnesota last year that the winner would not compete in swimsuit at Miss America, but that right. we were still competing in swimsuit because the changes hadn't implemented yet. Right. So this year, it was so fun um, competing at the local level and then at the state level. 
in the 2.0 era because not only is swimsuit gone, which is really nice because the pageant sort of seems to go by more quickly and it, it really is a nice flow of the competition, but they also changed evening gown to evening wear. And so it's really you can wear any anything that you would want to wear right. to an evening event. So there was a woman on the stage who made top 11 who wore a tuxedo and yes. yellow heels and it was phenomenal. Her name's Elena. She looked so gorgeous in that. And it's just wonderful because the idea behind the evening wear is that not everyone wants to wear a gown um, and you can wear really whatever you would like. And then in addition to the evening wear, we have a few seconds after, you know, the glorious typical walk across the stage that every pageant girl dreams of having. Uh, we're given a microphone and we get to speak about what our impact would be as Miss Minnesota or as potentially Miss America. So um, I was fortunate enough to win that, that phase of the competition in the preliminary events. And obviously what they're doing now is putting a bigger uh, emphasis on what you mentioned, the, the social impact. You know, they used to call it kind of the platform. Now it's yeah. a social impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk a little bit about yours. It's a very interesting one, very intriguing one, and I know one that you're very passionate about coming from a pageant family, Catherine. Yeah. Yeah, so my social impact initiative is what they call it, which is pretty self-explanatory, is called the Invisible Crown, the Legacy of Miss America. And the idea behind it is that Miss America really does change who every woman is. And the Invisible Crown is sort of a testament to that, that every woman who leaves the system sort of has this mark of an invisible crown on her forever of the growth she's experienced with the system. And it was the growth that I saw so many women go through that inspired me to compete and that inspired me to be involved. And so on behalf of that, I use the Invisible Crown um, brand and really organization that's becoming in and of itself uh, to really promote the organization, to promote to promote Miss America. So I have a website specifically called the invisiblecrown.org and on my website it's a resource for women who would want to compete in the program for people who'd want to learn more about the Miss America organization and it even has some history and some ways to start getting involved with Miss Minnesota and Miss America. So it's a really been wonderful thing to evolve over the last two years. I've really been developing this and it's it's so wonderful. I love talking about it. I love really sharing this, this side of my life with people. Now you've had some very close calls in your pageant career you know, yes, you ran as outstanding teen, finished yes. first runner-up a few years ago. And mm-hmm. then, of course, we talked about last year, you finished first yes. runner-up of Miss Minnesota. I and broke the curse almost. Well, I was going to say, now, last night, you were one of the final two. I mean, what's going through yeah. your mind at that point? Are you even allowing to think about, oh, my God, if I finish first runner-up again, I don't know what I'll do. I mean, are you oh, even allowing yeah. these thoughts to go into I'm your head? I'm getting heart racing just thinking about it. <laughs> I have to be honest. I was a little mad at Brad last night because they were enjoying dragging it out. It was know? in the script, Catherine Kippers. It was right there in the script. I could show it to you. <laughs> and it, it, they were just dragging out with the filler. And the next Miss Minnesota is... Well, who do you think it is? And they'd stop for a second and we're just standing there. So part of my, my mentality, from being honest, was like, please, Brad, get on with it. Uh, I wanted to hear the name. I definitely, um, I can see the video. I had to just really tone myself, just zone out. Um, last year, Mike, Lean, and I, you can see the video when we were standing in the top two. We're laughing, we're crying, um, we're shaking, we're holding hands. And this year, I was just like a stone wall and I was just holding on to Alyssa, my first runner up uh, for dear life. And I think she tried to let go a few times. Like, okay, let's hold hands now. And I was like, no, I'm going to fall over Alyssa. Like you're holding on to me. Um, and it was so fun being that in that moment with Alyssa because she was my roommate last year. That's right. So yes. I remember thinking about that and we discussed that briefly in the top two. But really, I had to keep my mind blank. I was so nervous. Okay. And um, I really was, I mean, I was about to fall over. As you saw, I did fall over. Once you announced my name, I just dropped to the floor. Yeah. That, now, was that, now, I've seen you when you've uh, won preliminary awards before. You kind of have the same reaction. It's almost like you're you're letting it sink in. It's like, did this really happen? Is, is that yeah. what you're going? Because it takes a while to really mm-hmm. show a lot of emotion to you. And then once you do, it's like the floodgates, Catherine. So. It, it really is. <laughs> yes. The floodgates opened many a time this week. Um, thanks to my current roommate, I really have to thank her too, because she dealt with a lot of me crying and hugging me. I definitely am someone that I take a minute to process what's just happened on stage. Sure, sure. Um, I don't know why that is. I definitely think sometimes I don't believe what I've heard. Sometimes there is a lag in what's going on. I remember last year, I didn't know when my name was called until other people on stage were looking at me and smiling um, because I, I couldn't hear. I was so zoned out. So it is it is funny, though, watching your reactions and looking back and realizing, like, oh, my gosh, I literally just fell on the floor in front of how many people? Once again, we are joined by Miss Minnesota 2019, Catherine Kippers. Crown just a mere 17 to 18 hours ago. Have you got any sleep, Catherine, at all? No, Not no. much? Okay. Maybe five hours. Okay. Well, hey, that's pretty no, good. Actually, that is I, pretty I, good now that I say it. We appreciate you coming on and off cloud nine to be here. I mean, that's just, uh, I, I I can't imagine trying to just, you know, just, uh, and I, I've, I remember saying this Thursday evening, 
you know, this it was and it is a lot of fun for us. But then I remember, th- I remember saying from stage, we don't want this in. This is so much fun. And it's like, well, it's easy for us to say. The parents and friends and whomever else are out in the audience, you know, edge of their seats. I can't imagine. And uh, uh, your your dear friend Claire, who finished uh, third runner yes. with you last year when she competed, yeah. uh, I've I've seen a couple videos she posted, and it's like as soon as they announce your name, there goes her phone on the floor because oh, she's yeah. like jumping up. So oh, I had so multiple <laughs> relatives and friends say like, I tried to get a photo of the crowning, but I dropped my phone. I threw uh-huh. someone actually threw their phone and excited and had to find it after the pageant somewhere in the audience. Yeah, I definitely had a lot of people supporting me and all of their videos the minute the name is called all of their phones are just shaking or someone stands up or it's flung across the and i gotta tell you it was almost a clean sweep for coon rapids because your teen Mm -hmm. outstanding teen hannah finished uh, first runner-up and she was on the back row in the rafters uh, at when you were called and her reaction just priceless (laughs) that's the that's an awesome big sister little sister relationship yeah she's just wonderful i absolutely love her she'll always be my forever little sister for sure and i'm oh i'm so proud of what she's done we do need to uh do need to uh, take a break? And we uh, are you able to hang around for one final segment, Catherine? I, I believe I will. Okay, uh, Miss Minnesota 2019, Catherine Kipper is again crowned just last evening. We'll be back with uh, one more segment. Uh, find out what she's going to do with the other 365 days remaining in her reign. We're talking about the end already, Catherine. What are I we doing know. here? What is happening? And if you'd like to give us a call, six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. Back in mere moments. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Varicose and spider veins. Wow, what a gift from my mom. She had them, I got them, and not only are they uncomfortable and sometimes painful, but I stopped wearing skirts and shorts because I was embarrassed and I really hated the way my legs looked. When my kids asked me, what are those things on your legs? I was done. I finally went to Vein Clinics of America. The procedure took about an hour and I was right back to work. What they're doing with lasers these days is unbelievable. The staff made me feel so comfortable. And the results? Well, even my husband has noticed. Vein Clinics of America has been treating vein disease for over 35 years. They're the largest and most experienced in the U.S. Look, I've been doing the commercials for vein clinics for years because I really believe in them. And you can trust them, too. The best part? My insurance covered the procedure. So stop hiding your legs. Call Vein Clinics right now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Call 800-798-3399. 800-798-3399. That's 800-798-3399. Hi, this is Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280, The Patriot. And I'd like to remind you to spend your money wisely and use our loyal marketing partners here at this great station. Many of our clients are local businesses who live, work, and play right here in the Twin Cities, and their success in business is our success. For a list of our loyal marketing partners, go to am1280thepatriot.com or call us at 651-405-8800. We thank you for listening and supporting our partners. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I was looking at one of those closets from California, and then I remembered I live in Minnesota. I have parkas and snow boots. Heck, I have hockey gear. I need storage solutions that fit my stuff, not some beach babe stuff. Closet Storage Concepts of Minneapolis designed the perfect closet for me with custom touches like soft-closed drawers that other places charge extra for. That's just Minnesota nice. They also gave me the plans and quoted me one all-inclusive price. No surprises. I'm Norwegian. We hate surprises. Visit closetandstorageconcepts.com. Welcome back, Cam Twelve Eighty, the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. One final segment with our newly crowned Miss Minnesota 2019, Catherine Kippers. 
And uh, speaking of her teen, Hannah's ears must have been burning. She actually is calling in on line one. Hannah, good to hear from you, young lady. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks so much for calling. Uh, do you want to talk to me or Catherine? You can talk to us both, I guess. It's perfectly fine. I can talk to you both. I'm okay with that. <laughs> you probably want to talk to me more, though, right? I, that's, that's perfectly acceptable, Hannah. I got to tell you, Hannah, I don't know if you were listening at all, but your reaction to Catherine being crowned was absolutely priceless. It was so genuine. It's like a, it's like you're seeing your big sister receive this great moment, which it really was, in, in effect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's my. It was sister. amazing. Yeah. Oh yes, it was. It was incredibly amazing. I'm pretty sure I cried more than she did. I think. Yeah. But... I think we were both pretty. Well. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But I just know how much hard work and dedication she's put into working in this program and yes. just seeing her dreams become a reality is absolutely life changing, uh, not only for her, but also for me. Yeah. And Hannah, again, congratulations to you. First runner up to Miss Minnesota's Outstanding Teen and a preliminary talent yeah. award winner. You were killing it on stage with that song, Girlfriend. That was impressive. Oh, Thank you. Thank I you. was definitely crying the night that she was. I think I cried more on her night than I did on my night. <laughs> this is really how the sisterhood works. It really does. So. Well, Hannah, thanks for, call- thanks for calling in, young lady. We'll, uh, we'll definitely catch up with you soon. We appreciate it. Thank you. Bye, sweetheart. Bye. All right. Well, that was uh, that was Hannah, Miss uh, Coon Rapids, outstanding teen. Of course, Catherine's local title was uh, yeah. Miss Coon Rapids, and I got to see you both crowned in Coon Rapids that evening. So a lot yes, of fun you to, did. to so see. Supportive. Yeah, that was great. That was great. It all it, it worked out nice. You know, everything seems to work out well because you know you ran for a local title and you had the opportunity to be crowned by your best friend, you know, Claire, who held yes. that title in Mankato. You didn't win that local, but you move on to Coon Rapids where you were once a teen. So, yeah. I mean, it worked out. You think oh, it about it. It worked out so perfectly. It was so funny, too, because I actually had a few uh, people reach out to me and remind me of a couple of Miss Minnesotas who lost their first local the year that they won. They lost a local pageant, which, for those of you who don't know, in order to get to a state level in the Miss America system, you have to win a local pageant. So the hierarchy is sort of Miss America is at the top. People who compete for Miss America are the state title holders, like myself, Miss Minnesota. And then the people who compete for Miss Minnesota are Miss Mankato, Miss Coon Rapids, Miss Bemidji, these local title holders. And so I ran in a local title attempting to get back to Miss Minnesota this year, and I did lose my first one. Um, And that worked out so wonderfully, though, because I did get to go and compete in Coon Rapids, which is closer to home. I go to school in Mankato, and I live in in the cities. So it was so wonderful to have the opportunity to really represent the cities. Absolutely. And it's uh, definitely be fun to watch the upcoming year. Now, obviously, you're on your way to Miss America. Time yes. and destination to be determined. Yes, to so, be determined. So now how do you now normally when young ladies win their state title, they know exactly when they're supposed to be getting out of Dodge, getting on a plane, going to wherever. How do you handle that with this uncertainty? I mean, what is your mindset at this point? Honestly, I think probably because I'm still sort of in shock from last night. I keep seeing my face pop up on my social media (laughs) in shock and crying. Um, I'm still in shock from it, so I haven't really thought about handling that yet. But I definitely am a little bit relieved at not knowing right now because I can really sink into this. I can sink into being Miss Minnesota and what that means for me and the new board and the state. Um, And then hopefully around the time that I'm able to fully grasp that and know what I need to do as Miss Minnesota... Then I'll start being able to really prepare for Miss America, and hopefully by then we will know. I I hear we're going to know soon. We're going to know very soon uh, when and where Miss America will be, but hopefully I do get this next week or so of leeway before I have to get all of the paperwork and the talent in, um, before I have to really submit my life away to Miss America. Well, and and that works out nice, too, because obviously last year was the first year that Miss America did their 2.0 at the the national level, and you actually were there in person to to witness this, so you kind of got to feel what it's all about. Yes, it was so fun. I was my Michaeline's first runner-up, and I thought it'd be wonderful to surprise her and go cheer her on at Miss America. And also, a little selfishly, I wanted to learn about 2.0 from the source itself. You know, really get to see what this new competition, minus swimsuit, plus social impact statement, was really going to look like. And it was fascinating. It was so cool because you really got to know the content of each woman's character on that stage. You didn't feel like you walked away kind of thinking, oh, her dress was nice. Oh, you know, her, her song was pretty. You understood what their service work was about, what they hoped to do with the year, of who they were as a person. And that's what I really, really love about 2.0. So uh, as you're uh, going through your year now as, as, as Miss Minnesota, um, what are some of the th- specific things that uh, you have planned? Obviously, it entails a lot of appearances. Obviously, yes. how it's uh, your, your social uh, initiative uh, 
I got to stay away from that word platform. It's no longer platform. I, you know, I'm trying to learn the new verbiage it myself here. It is self-explanatory, here. though. Yeah. I, I, I say social impact initiative, and people immediately understand what I'm going for. That's yeah. So what are the things that, that does this entail? And, uh, you know, I mean, this pretty much covers a lot of it, but, uh, you know, what are the things? You're just going to show up at uh, random princess parties and a crown, <laughs> Catherine, maybe? Anything like that? Maybe. Maybe yeah. there'll be a few princess parties. <laughs> for sure, I really am hopeful to support uh, the new class of women that I crown that'll be competing for the next title of Miss Minnesota. Of course, not even a day, and I'm thinking about the next title. Of course. Uh, uh, but <laughs> I'm really hopeful that I'll be able to do service work with them in their community and hopefully hold recruiting events in each community that we crown a title holder in. That way, they'll each get an, an opportunity to do service work and recruitment work with the current Miss Minnesota. So my platform is all about sisterhood and growing this organization. I thought, what better way to do than to really commit to working with the locals? So that's a going to be a very big part of my year, so stay tuned. Now, have any of the other uh, 10 mother-daughter duos reached out to you and your mom congratulating you on joining that uh, exclusive club? It is a pretty exclusive club, Catherine. It is. We're pretty cool, aren't we? Uh, I I haven't seen yet, but my phone has been... I I can't keep up with the notifications and the (laughs) messages. I can't imagine. If you're listening right now and I haven't reached out to you yet, I've been trying to reach out to everyone and thank them for their support, Um, and I really am, am overwhelmed with the amount of love and support I've received since not even 18 hours ago, and really throughout the whole Miss Minnesota week. So what was your uh, what was your mindset going into the week? We only have a couple minutes to go, but I like, you know, just interested in your mindset. Obviously finishing first runner up last last year. Uh some it can be so highly competitive where they say, you know what, if I don't take home the title, I look at this week as a failure. Mm-hmm. Is that how you saw it or how oh, did you no. feel? No, no, no. The beautiful thing about Miss America is that Every organization, every even state pageant or competition, you have the opportunity to gain scholarships aside from just winning. The That's crown. true. So mm-hmm. I actually I didn't just win ten thousand dollars. I think I won eleven thousand and seven hundred and fifty. 11,050, something like that. Sure. A, a, signif- a little bit of a higher number than just the title because I won a few other awards. That's true. Yeah. So I knew going into the week that hopefully I could win a couple of other scholarships since I had applied for so many. And so I knew that no matter what, there wouldn't be a failure. And no matter what, that I would learn something. I definitely did go to the, into the week with a very focused attitude. Uh, Kathy Shalom was joking, the, the new dr- my new director, the Miss Minnesota director, uh, she was joking that she did notice me on the bus. Everybody else was partying and dancing on our, our limousine bus. And I was reading the job description and going over my paperwork and catching up on current events. So I was very focused this week as to um, what I was there to do, but I, I did know uh, that I could still have fun. Once again, we are honored to be joined by the newly crowned Miss Minnesota 2019, uh, Catherine Kippers. And, and you know, I uh, not about me, but I do like the, the from the standpoint that I've at least got to know the uh, Miss Minnesota oh, at least a few years. Well, a few <laughs> years before. I mean, the, some of the other young ladies I got to know maybe knew them for a handful of months or whatnot after they won their local. But you, I, I you know, at first, so, in fact, it was, um, I remember this, you were crowned Miss St. Paul. I yes. was at that particular local. That's the first time I ever met you. And I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, who is this Brad? I yeah. don't know who you are. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I hadn't known your mom for very long. And uh, this was before, and, you know, all of a sudden, uh, the net following month, I said, hey, you want to MC our pageant this summer? I'm like, what? I had, so, <laughs> and yeah. from then on, we've had the best pageant you could ever see. It, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun for me personally, simply because, you know, it's so fun to see young people that are so focus-driven and have a goal. Because for all the dinging that you millennials get, and I suppose you probably get a little little weary of it. Uh, it's great to see them come together and not only go after their own goals and be driven and focused, but supporting each other. And you know, that's yeah. what it's all about. Oh, yes. So Catherine, that's our closing music. So oh, that well, means we, we so have to move on. Catherine, thank you. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. We'll definitely see you down the road. Uh, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing uh, how your year progresses. Thank you. Looking forward to it. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for tuning in. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks. Sandvold Financial Group would like to help provide the sturdy foundation for your financial future. We want you to plan for tomorrow today. Give us a call to attend an upcoming seminar at 952-544-2837. That's 952-544-2837. Or go to helpmeterry.com to set up a no-cost financial review today. Securities offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Sandvold Financial Group is in Minnetonka, 952-544-2837. In Minnesota, you can take 10,000 different routes to adventure. One path leads you to bluff country biking and world-class hiking trails. Head in a different direction and explore modern art and a historic brewery. Navigate by boat to a lakeside restaurant or cruise downriver with friends on a paddleboard. 
No matter which route you take, from star-studded concerts to camping under the stars, you're destined to find your true north. Only in Minnesota. Visit exploreminnesota.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! This is Jerry Boyer of Town Hall Finance for townhall.com. The recent college bribery scandals have laid bare the moral and legal failings in our system, with wealthy American families allegedly gaming the system through manipulation, fake minority status, test cheating, and outright pay-for-admission bribery. As these scandals expand outward, a new book helps us see below the surface problem and down to the roots of the crisis. Forbes publisher Rich Carlgaard argues in Late Bloomers that we place far too much weight on early achievement, high SATs and getting into the, quote, right school, and far too little attention on the things that take longer to develop, such as self-control, compassion, ethics, and wisdom. We should also bemoan the toxic system which sorts Americans into future ruling class and future ruled class somewhere around their late teens. Of course, when people cheat, they and not the system are to blame, and alleged cheaters should be vigorously prosecuted. But the system itself needs to be indicted, too. I'm Jerry Boyer. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu AM 12... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.